Welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast. My name is Alan Bradford in Knoxville, Tennessee, and with me today is Terry Ishi in Austin, Texas. How you doing, Terry? I'm good, man. How you doing? I, I'm all right, man. I can't complain. We're getting your storm, though, here. You were talking about a storm in Texas yesterday. It's now rumbling into Tennessee right now. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, but also with us today is Bob Butler from Chicago. Bob, how are you doing, sir? Excellent. Great to be with you, guys. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. So, Bob, uh, he is giving leadership to the center, which is in Itasca. Uh, did I say it right? Itasca? You did. I did. All right. Okay. And the center is striving to become the hub of innovative missional expressions to expand the kingdom to the non-done and the undone in the Chicagoland area. Uh, Bob also is our Forge Chicago hub leader. So that's kind of, it's a good thing there. And he's an author. He wrote the book Renew. Um, and you could buy Renew at Amazon. Well, maybe he'll, he could talk about it here in just a little bit, but you could buy it at Amazon. If you look it up, just look up Renew and Bob Butler. Um, but yeah, man, it's really good to have you here with us. Yeah, it's great to see you guys again. Good to be talking with you for sure. <laughs> yeah. Bob, man, I love you, buddy. You've, you've been a good friend uh, over the, the last handful of years, and it's been fun to hear your story. And so I'm excited just to have you on the podcast so other people can hear your story. Uh, I think you've got a fascinating journey to, to where you've been and the success you've had as a pastor, um, and then really uh, how you've, you've been kind of tapped on the shoulder in your denomination to kind of do some things a little differently, and you've pioneered some really cool expressions. And so um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting, allowing you to share some of those things and, and, and hear some of that. But before we do that, man, I'd love just to hear, Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just like, where are you from? Or like, are you, you know, are you from the Chicago land area? Tell us a little bit about you and, and your wonderful, beautiful wife. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, I consider myself a corporate brat. My dad uh, worked for a major insurance company that's headquartered here in Chicago we were all over the Midwest, Detroit, Indianapolis, and back in Chicago. And then, of course, as any good rebel does, he moves as far away from his parents as he can. Um, my state and state, six hours away in southern Illinois, um, where they believed they were part of the South. So it, it, it's all good, you know. And uh, then ended up back here in Chicago, and I married a Southside girl. As you said, Diane is my partner in crime. And uh, she's been uh, teaching uh, special ed kids three to six years old in uh, another suburb just south of us here. And uh, grateful for her leadership in just some of the teaching areas of what we're doing here at the center. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we're friends because of Diane. Like Diane's the gold <laughs> in the relationship. Bob just comes with Diane. So uh, yeah, no, you guys are wonderful. And uh, man, you guys have such big hearts and uh, you're, you're some of my favorite people. Well, well, tell us a little bit about the center. You know, it, tell us how, how that came about, how basically it was this church in this neighborhood and how you've just really, you guys have worked really hard at, at transitioning it into something new, uh, something that's got a bigger impact for your neighborhood. So unpack a little bit of how that all came about uh, and really what, like, what your desires for the center to be. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was, uh, I'd taken a sabbatical uh, year and a half off, uh, I planted a church, uh, a tractional church satellite uh, west of Chicago. And um, after that year off, year and a half off, I'd written the book Renew. Um, I really did feel that church needed to be different. 
I, I didn't know that I would go back into a traditional denomination. Um, really wasn't sure about any of that. Uh, but then this opportunity came about from the church planning development person. And they said, hey, we've got a building for you and uh, no strings attached. At which I went, what? And they were like, no, no, you really want to do this. And anytime anybody gives me a free gift, it's kind of like the free dog. You know, there's something else under the surface. And I was like, I don't know that I want to do this. And the gentleman kept hounding me. And that beautiful woman that you mentioned, my wife said, well, let's go to dinner with them. They offered a free dinner. And that's how, you know, my heart sings for free food. And uh, we ended up at a great restaurant and they detailed it out. I should say the gentleman detailed it out. My wife said, well, it doesn't hurt us to go take a look at it. So this community, Itasca, uh, likes to think of itself as Mayberry. Literally, that's their kind of small town. So picture uh, Bedford Falls, right? And you're driving into town and the snow is falling and the lights are on. That was me driving in here in December with my wife pulling into a parking lot of a traditional church building, uh, limestone building. I'm pulling in the parking lot and I'm like, I don't think we should do this. And my wife was like, no, I think we should pray. And so we sat and prayed. She went, no, oh, we have to do this. You have to do this. I'm like, I don't have to do anything. Like I'm, I'm comfortable. Life is good. Like, and she went, no, let's, let's do this. So it really started. Uh, that was, uh, December of 16, and we came in officially July 1st of 17, took over a building with over 100 plus years of uh, stuff in it, and uh, started the process of kind of just meeting the neighborhood, really going through some of the Forge teachings, uh, and just get to know your context, and that's really how it all began, right then and there, we moved into a house here in the community, um, a pretty rundown place that we've, uh, so I was rehabbing two buildings at the same time here in Itasca. Um, I, I'm so familiar with dumpsters and uh, how to get them to a building. It's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, but uh, we, you know, we're good, we're good um, partners, my wife and I. So it, uh, it started off from there and it really was, what kind of missional expressions? What does the community need? I didn't want to do traditional extractional church. I wanted to do missional expressions. And, you know, some of the things that have uh, highlighted ever since I got to know you guys specifically um, is, okay, what would this look like if we had multiples of expressions working out of the same facility? And what if the facility really was the organization that just facilitated ministry? And if we, that is the building left, would this ministry stuff still go on? And so that's been kind of the fun of this. It's, it's taken on a lot of hybrid. Uh, some things have worked out. Some things haven't. But you know what? That's kind of the fun of it. And uh, uh, just recently now we're going to expand uh, to another location as well. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, tell us real quick, everything that goes on in the center. And for those of you listening, if you want to know more about it, if you go to communitycenter.life, you can kind of see it, right? So if you communitycenter.life, you can kind of check it out, get a little bit more, but kind of give us a quick snapshot of everything that happens and how you've used this building. Well, uh, we started off with Renew, which is a community meal. 
on Monday nights. It's something we've uh, connected with a food pantry. I was working with PADS, which here in Chicago, churches used to provide their buildings for homeless people. And a free meal will kind of come with that. And uh, so we worked with that group. In fact, that's kind of where I got my connections to the community was uh, through those compassion ideas that were run by the state. And then, uh, so as we were thinking about it, I was like, okay, well, let's make some connections. So we got free food from the food pantry because the charter says that they have to feed people with it. So we became their outlet to do that. And then uh, Monday nights, we feed anybody who walks through the door, no charge, uh, really great meals. Uh, last week was rib tips. So it just kind of tells you it's not cheap and, and it's nice. really cool the way uh, things have kind of evolved there. But then I do a, a conversation and a dinner. Um, every day of the week now, we have recovery at noon. Um, a group that got kicked out of their building uh, during COVID uh, showed up and said, hey, we'd like to meet here. Nobody also let us meet in their building. And I said, you know what? You got my heart. Here's the key. And they're like, what do we pay you? And I said, I don't care. I just want to serve people. And uh, that actually proved to be a, a pretty cool relationship. So that's every day during the week. Then we had uh, karate in the building, uh, Christian karate. The guy was doing some pretty cool stuff with kids. They got kicked out of a church i like the word adopted so i adopted that ministry into our building um they were with us for almost two years and he just has moved down to the panhandle in florida took that ministry with him so we uh had a a ballet teacher show up um new christian very new christian and uh she does high-end ballet professionally as well and so now we've got little ballerinas running around the church uh, every night of the week. So that's kind of neat. And then on Thursday night, well, Wednesday nights, sometimes I'm doing some forge stuff at the church, some training of other churches. Um, and I do a meeting on Wednesdays during the day with other pastors. And then Thursday nights, we do a 12 step meditation. So again, recovery based meditation. And now they added soft yoga you know, for old guys yeah, who yeah. don't bend real well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Christian recovery and then uh, uh, add on to that, just a, a, a smattering of steam lab. We run a steam lab in the summer for kids in the neighborhood. Uh, most recently, two different scout troops are now using the building. Uh, School of Rock will be here next Friday night uh, nice. downstairs in the uh, renovated venue room, which is so cool because it's so loud. You could hear it across the street. I mean, they turn it to 11, man. <laughs> turn it up. And uh, so that's all been going on. And now we're, we're, uh, we work with a recovery house, uh, two towns over, and we're talking about adding uh, coffee ministry outside for the summer, uh, just uh, under the trees and to pull up a trailer and sell some coffee. I don't know how that's going to work, but you know what jesus gets shared in all of these venues so it's just like the coolest thing of the world so yeah and then you, you just happen to have a gathering there on sunday right oh that's right yeah sorry <laughs> forgot about all that um <laughs> yeah. uh it tells you what it is right for me yeah. I, I think of all of these things as just expression so yeah the the sunday thing actually began I was never going to do Sunday again because, you know, Sunday keeps coming every week and that's kind of a pain sometimes. But uh, 
a gentleman who was a Vietnam vet who was bringing men to the church said, if you don't have a church service, a Sunday service, you're not legit. And I went, well, you, you plan it. I'll do it. So this goes against all the church planting ideas. So he planned it. And I showed up and preached in the middle of a snowstorm in February of 18. And it's been going ever since Sunday's at 11. It's got its own unique uh, vibe to it. And uh, that has been a kind of a curious opportunity for us because sometimes you just get some, we're in a community that is uh, heavily Eastern European in its context. Um, a lot of former Catholics, a lot of former Eastern Orthodox folks. And um, so that that's created its own feel and its own challenges because I don't do anything traditional. Um, and, and, and so that has developed. Uh, we've added a Sunday night group, uh, they do paving, you know, the asphalt paving during the day. And they, they're up here in Chicago all summer long, pretty much from last week, the asphalt plant opened uh, through um, October, first week of October. And then they go to Florida hmm. and they work in Florida. So they've got apartments in both places and uh, they get dressed to the nine. I mean, you know, it's probably the only time they're not wearing something that smells like blacktop. And the kids are in the room and they come and they, they're using our facility now on Sunday nights. And it's more of a Pentecostal feel. And it's based around uh, the leader's musical gifts because he's a singer and a songwriter. It's uh, that's, that's been a cool. Yeah, that's been a cool one. I yeah. And I remember when Terry and I were up there a couple of years ago, you were giving us a tour of the place. And do you, do you still do um, like you were doing office space even like right getting away some of like the classrooms is office space. Are you still renting out office space? Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot about that too. Um, so this is the stuff that goes on, and it's—I wish I could brag like I'm some really great guy who can figure all this stuff out. And what I've realized, and I—I I think this is from you all. I, if I keep praying, the Holy Spirit keeps doing stuff, and I go, "Where did that one come from?" Like, and uh, yeah, so um, we we have a, a gentleman who's uh, planted four thousand. He said between four and 5,000 house churches in India. Wow. And uh, uh, it's so, his name's Peter Pereira and Peter and I, now Peter actually, because he's been stuck here in the States for a year, he has really been helpful. In fact, we do this thing at Sundays at 11. I'll do about three quarters of a message and then he'll just get up and let it fly. It is just awesome because he's such a great um evangelist and it's just kind of neat to listen to him talk you know and i make fun of him and we got good but he rents um space from us um uh, a room and now we've uh he's hired a couple of people in the neighborhood actually a couple of moms to help him with coordinating with the stuff going on in india and all the all the craziness over there so uh that's um ministry that we absolutely are part of and then uh yeah we put all our stuff on pure space so every room can be rented and uh, so in addition to weddings, you know, because we've got this huge, beautiful yeah. uh, sanctuary, uh, we're doing every room. Anybody wants to rent it. I I normally don't say no. I think I've only said no once. And it was something that just was a little um, sketchy. That's yeah. that's true. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I love about what you've what you've done, and then you almost this commitment to experimentation, which I mean, I say this over and over again. To truly innovate is is being committed to a series of experimentation to see what works and what doesn't work. And 
man, there, I just look at pastors around the country and there, it feels like the church in the West is gripped by fear, fear mm-hmm. of sustainability, which is totally reasonable, but also fear to try things. And man, one of the things, Bob, I just love about you is you're willing to try things from, hey, let's put a, a karate dojo, which was like my favorite room when I, when we toured the building, I was like, this is the coolest room I've ever been inside of a church. Uh, now you've got ballerinas running around and trying to figure out, you know, the coffee shop, but also this, this venue space. And yeah. And so, man, I, I love the commitment to experimentation. And so, because we realize that that's how we're truly going to innovate. And so uh, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, I know you're doing some training with some leaders in the area. What, what are you excited about in regards to that work uh, of your work with Forge and how you're equipping and really just encouraging leaders to think differently? What, what's exciting about that for you right now? Yeah. I want to back up one second before I answer that question. Though. I, I love what you just said there. Um, Brian Sanders, when he talks about Tampa Underground, right, says a radical bias towards yes. Yeah. And I like to think that that's what we have, but that's a learned experience, right? Um, you know, I, people go, well, what, what is your biggest failure? You know, what, what's not gone well? And, and I laugh about the breakdancing um, moment where, I mean, I, okay, I, the, our context is lily white. All right. It, it is 88% white and I think 8% Asian and 2% Hispanic. Right. So it's just this weird selection of humanity in Chicago. And, and so uh, I met a guy in the neighborhood who runs a breakdance ministry in Inglewood, which is one of, uh, one of the terrible places in the city of Chicago where a lot of murder happens. And it's just, just ridiculous. Then he runs another one out in Elgin, which is another community out west. And then he's got two branches to that in New York and out in L.A. So I'm thinking, I got the guy. Like, this will be amazing, right? We'll do breakdancing downstairs in that ballerina room, which is the dojo room. This will be fantastic, right? So I, like, I'm helping him market it. I'm telling everybody I'm calling the dance studio. This We got these guys, right? It, no one showed up. <laughs> and I feel so, I feel so bad because I, I I've learned you got to tell them you know make a commitment at least four months you know you got to be with me four months. So that guy showed up for four months and he had maybe maybe three kids show up on three different occasions where he would be spinning and teaching. I mean his people call him the bishop. I mean he's just got this. So I got this guy who's got a ministry and yeah wow context one complete so i love that you tried it i love that you went for it which is great because now you know you're you know that much more about your context right right yeah don't don't do break dance they don't know how to do it they're white people and they can't dance no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding uh anyway um so the your question was again just um what are we doing with forge right and i think that's where it was uh, yeah. And I mean, what's, what's, what's exciting? Like as you, as you work with these other leaders and helping them, you know, mobilize and, and, you know, the people of God, like what's, what's exciting about that work these days? I, you know, I, I, I love the fact that what's been going on recently is when I'm doing like, I, I'm 
coach in another church and, and the, the pastor, senior pastor was like, well, you know, you could go with, um, I use the term retread. There was a woman there who was in charge of something, children's ministry, and they didn't know what to do with her. So they like, well, let's train her how to do evangelism, right? So we walked through all the steps of who she is, what she is. I take her through all of our training. And uh, all of a sudden, she starts doing some really cool ministry. I mean, to the school that is literally a block away from them that they'd have trouble breaking into. But it wasn't with the kids. She realized her gifting was towards teachers. And all of a sudden, she's made this connection towards the teachers and the teachers' families and not so much the kids. And so it was that really kind of cool thing, to whom have you been sent, right? Our biggest question we love to ask in the formation stuff. And uh, I think once she figured out who that was and that for some reason, me giving her permission to do that and then telling her senior pastor, just back whatever she does, just, just get out of the way. All of a sudden, you know, she really doesn't need me. I'm learning as much from our conversations with her because she's fired up to go do something new. And and I've seen that over and over again. I don't know when it happened, but it seems like the body of Christ uh, outside of the clergy, you know, if we want to talk about that divide, once you give permission, things explode. Like these... Half the stuff isn't my idea. I mean, I, I, uh, so this second site that we're going to launch in somewhere down the road, I've had three of my people already come to me. We announced it Sunday, you know, yesterday. They've come to me, I know so and so, and this and that. And they're like already dreaming things to go in spaces to run things for the community. That's because they have that radical, yeah, let's do that. That, that sounds great. Let's see if it works, right? I, I think that all comes from the formation training. And, and I, for me, that's been the heart, right? That's, that's one. And then the second thing that I see happening is uh, in some of the consulting that I'm doing, the initial uh, meeting, if I'm meeting with a church before I charge them a dime uh, or talk about anything, I walk in talking the missional mindset and I walk them through kind of what we've done here, where we've kind of realized that APES model and then actually incorporated into our leadership structure and then i talk about this radical yes and and then i talk about ways in which i will empower them and are they ready yeah now today i just heard word from a a church that i had a conversation with over a year ago and this was from somebody who was in the meeting and is no longer there they uh they said to me i said how they doing they said well they, they might shut their doors in the next year and i said well what happened? Like, I thought I had this incredible, they said, you know, Bob, everything you talked about was a change in paradigm. And they're just not ready to do that. And I thought, how sad, right? The the stuff that we're finding normative, really, the things that I think we're successful at, because we're thinking outside the box, because we're willing to reach, they're not willing to do that. They're, They're stuck in a paradigm that unfortunately, uh, is all too familiar. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it, Bob. I mean, I think there are two things that are super, super key in, in working with churches. Um, one is they have to be willing to, to, to make that shift. Like if they, if they are hell bent 
and commit it to the old way, they're 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 going to continue to get what they're best suited to get. And we we can look at all the demographics, we can look at all the studies, and we see the church is de- in decline and all of these sorts of things. And and people are seeing that sort of church being more and more irrelevant. And then the other thing, which is like good news and bad news, the good news is when we can help people find their context, when we can contextualize and ask that question to whom have you been sent? And they're, when that person's eyes just light up and they're like, this is it. This is like, this is what God has put me in this, in this moment, in this spot to do. Oh man, that's, that's so life-giving just from someone as, as a trainer to like, look and see like I'm not going into that school, but I can. I just get excited knowing that someone is tapped into that that sweet spot. Um, yeah. So those are two big things: is that contextualization piece and the paradigm. And so, man, Bob, thank you for for being committed to doing both of those. And I mean, we love the work that you're doing uh, at the center and everything you do with Ford Chicago. Uh, man, you're you've been such a a good friend and a good brother in arms as as we work. And so. Uh, as, as we close our, our podcast this season, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to do what we're calling the quick five. So five quick questions. The first thing is, what are you reading? Is there anything that you've been reading that's just been super helpful? <laughs> this is uh, Healing the Sick by Alex and Hannah Epsilon. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Fantastic, nice. fantastic how-to book. Just, just absolutely love that. It's so funny. You're like the third person from in the last week, in the last seven days, you're like the third person who's like said, I'm reading this book. And so uh, Alex uh, Absalom has been a good friend to Forge and our Forge tribe for many years. And so that's so cool. All right, cool, man. Uh, What are you, anything you're watching, anything that you've just been watching that's just been really good? Um, So I'm trying to think of the name of this. So it's a Netflix thing. It's about, um, they deliver babies, handmaidens or um, nine yeah. seasons. Uh, handmaidens tell, or is it call the midwife? Call the midwife. Okay. Nine seasons <laughs> just started. Like I, I know that's silly, but it's so like oh, <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Now here's the question: Did you pick it or did Diane pick it? I picked it. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Because my wife has been trying to get me to watch that show for years, and I'm just like. Eh. But like, I know all of these women who love this show. And I love that for guys, you guys don't know who Bob is. Bob is like this firecracker of a human being. He's a, a short in stature, but the dude is like swole. He's like Mr. Clean. I mean, he's just this muscle bound guy. And I just now picture him watching Call the Midwife and just and like, crying and crying. crying. I'm sure yeah. you're crying. I didn't say I cried. Don't go there. Yeah, you didn't Not say yet. it, but you didn't deny it yet. Either. Right. You haven't gotten to like season four and five. That's where I hear you. Uh, it, it was after I watched, you know, some crash of killer movie. I can't remember what it was. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that's so awesome. Love it. That might be the probably that's probably going to be the best answer to that question all season. So thank you for that. Bob. Um, what's the funniest thing that you've you've seen? Funniest thing that's happened uh, in the last year during quarantine? How angry people get that two people are in a car wearing a mask. <laughs> so true <laughs> I mean, you know who cares if that's that's right. Right. I, I mean but you'll see it on facebook oh like, yeah aren't they not who cares like if they want to yeah. wear a mask I'll look my room. Oh, that's so good yeah. all right um 
Yeah. My answer to this next question is, is just my response to your questions, but what brings you life right now? I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of life just by these answers. So what brings you <laughs> life right now? Um, what brings me life right now? You know, it's been watching the intersection of, uh, the Holy spirit into everything we're doing. I, I have to tell you, I, so here, here's just one. I just, this is just happened. Well, it's not funny. It's so God. So yesterday we announced this town over, we're, we're taking over this building. Right. And I told the leadership the day before this would literally come up out of nowhere. I mean, literally out of nowhere. So there's this woman who, who we say came with the building. Her name's Alice. She's 84 years old. Okay, Alice came with the building. So when I took over the building, everybody went, yeah, she's going to be in there when you're in there. So you got to take it. So, so I get done making this announcement and we're done. Sunday's at 11. And this little old lady comes you know, waddling up to me. She goes, do you know that my father helped build that church? And I said, no, I didn't know that. And she said, well, then you probably don't know that this church originally planted that church 50 years ago. Oh, wow. And I, that's the stuff. Like, you can't make that up. If we would have told her, get out, we're young, we're vibrant, you know, whatever. No, here's this little old lady who's there every Sunday, been there for 57 years, she said, um, who knows everything and every piece of the history, who is not on any leadership, but she prays for us. And there she is giving us history. You know, that's the stuff that gives me life today. Like we are reviving what the Holy Spirit is already doing. And I have story after story after story, how that's going on. So yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's so cool, man. Uh, and then the last thing, man, what is the best thing about Chicago? Like, what do you just absolutely love about your city? I love the diversity of this uh, city. I love the fact that uh, you have Cubs and Sox fans who will fight to the death over which ball club's gonna be better. Um, I love a good Portillo's hot dog and, uh, in the Chicago style or a hot beef. We have some of the best Italian food. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a foodie, so this is the best place in the world for foodies, so. Which, which is, you know, you just showed your true Chicagoan. Like all the Chicagoans who are like listening to this, you know, that are like, you went hot dog, hot beef over deep dish pizza, which like that's the generic like touristy is like, oh, I'm gonna go to Giordano's, which I'm not, I love Giordano's and it's great. But you like, you went, you went true Chicago, the hot dog and the hot beef. So love well, it. Well, you know, pizza is, is fantastic too, but you know, I, uh, and I, I like the way we count one, two, three. Like yeah. that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Right, they teach that in the schools there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. One, yeah. two, three. Okay. Yeah, All that's right. beautiful. Well, hey, Bob, thanks for being with us, man. Really appreciate it. Again, if you want to know more about the center, it's, uh, what is it? Well, I just had it pulled up. It's the communitycenter.life. You can check out more there. You can also check out Bob and get some more information from him. Reach out to him. Uh, Bob, what's your, like, how, if they were going to email you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Rev, R-E-V dot Bob dot Butler at gmail.com. There you go. And then again, make sure to check out the book Renew. It's a Renew, a missional movement for the non-done and undone, a DIY, a do-it-yourself manual for kingdom expansion. And and just give us like a quick, like two-sentence summary, if you would, of Renew. 
uh, renews a community meal uh, where people gather around and discuss topics that are relevant today with a yeah. Christian world. So. And, so, yeah. and so this book is like a, a 52 chapter kind of, hey, here's here's some different topics. Here's some different things that you can kind of get together and talk about kind of going through that, right? Yeah, it's a perfect primer. I would call it a 52-week primer. Yeah, there you go. You can pick that up at Amazon. So, again, Bob, so grateful to have you with us. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, yeah, looking forward to it, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Love you, brothers. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob.